Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 3 2020 Fantasy Football Rankings Update Injuries plus the viewer chat, some bets a little bit later on. Brad Evans will be joining me very soon from FTNFantasy.com, from FTNDaily.com, from FTNBets.com, the FTN network of sites. If you want to get a discount at any of the FTN sites, use code Mayo. Get yourself a discount. Some fun features up there right now. Jeff Radcliffe has just uploaded his wide receiver and quarterback rankings, or sorry, cornerback matchup rankings into the system. That's one of the best tools that you can be using right now. And if you're thinking about betting at all, on Sunday for football, especially player props wise, go to ftnbets.com, check out the prop shop at the top, and you can just type in the player that you want, and you can find the best line on that player at whatever site you want to use. It's incredible. Uh, completely free as well. So if you're in the market for some bets, that's what you need to be doing. Also, the format has changed just a little bit today. We're going to be doing about half an hour of updates, rankings, injuries, bets, everything like that. Then I will be getting to your questions starting around the 10.30, 10.35 mark. If you want to go back and listen to this because you're out with a, you know, walk with your dog, taking your kids for a stroll, going to the gym before football starts. The audio podcast of the first 30 minutes will be up on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast feed, so you can just bring it on demand. Or you can just rewind the YouTube video. That that works as well. So we'll be saving the questions until the 10.30-ish mark. Uh, then I will do a call for questions. So if you're loading in questions right now, they're not going to get answered because I'm going to do the call a little bit later on. That's just how it's going to work from now on. Uh, that way we can get to more of your questions, because really, that's what the people want to hear. Please smash the like for the episode, rate and review the podcast, and we're on our way. Brad Evans from all of those FTN sites. The FTN Network joining me on the line right now. What's going on, dude? Yo, what's up? I'm wearing the headset today. I just got off air with SiriusXM Fantasy, and uh, I'm taking over play calling for B.O.B. because he will refuse to throw to my guy, David Johnson, and it's driving me bananas. You could be in for better news today. It looks like Duke Johnson's not going to play. They did uh, promote C.J. Prosites from the practice squad oh up God, onto the Texans. Well, listen, the only reason he's there is to catch passes. Right, right. It's amazing that guy still has longevity, has legs in the NFL. Every time I hear his name crop up, I'm like, where is, where is he at? I honestly had no idea he was with Houston. So there you go. All right, so. Here's the deal. We're going to go through the most pressing injuries and what people should be doing. You can check out my rankings up on DKPlaybook.com. Just hit the description of this video. You can find everything for the week, all the cheat sheets, all the rankings. They're all updated as of right now, so I recommend you go check that out. Brad's also doing an AMA live at noon Eastern on FTNFantasy.com if you want to go check that out. Julio Jones, Brad, is a game-time decision. It looks like he's beat up he may or may not play we're not gonna know probably until an hour before ah, probably at like 11 35 we'll be off air by the time that happens so let's run through two scenarios one julio plays would you play him no and i'm actually facing this dilemma right now in about uh, four of my season long leagues yes that's how much exposure that i have to julio jones and i sat him down for you know whatever viable alternatives i had now a couple of flex uh, positions i plugged in like naheem hines one league, I picked up Danny Amendola and threw him into my lineup. I, I think this is full-blown decoy mode for Julio Jones if he does go. And, you know, I'll be frank with you, man. Look, my, my beloved Chicago Bears, and I'm going to try to speak about this as objectively as I can. 
this secondary has exceeded my expectations. I, I didn't think they were going to be particularly good. I thought it was going to be a vulnerability of this defense as a collective, and that has certainly not been the case at all. I mean, the rookie Jalen Johnson's only given up a 64.7 uh, pass rate in his assignments through two games, and Kyle Fuller has been shut down, 27.1 passer rating allowed through two weeks. Now, it, you know, you got to take a step back and look at the Bears' opponents there. They faced the Giants last week. They were shell-shocked after, you know, Saquon Barkley exited stage left with that torn ACL. And then in week one, they went up against the Galladay-less Detroit Lions. So the jury's still out on just how good this Bears secondary could be this year. Uh, but I am fearful that Julio Jones uh, could jeopardize your fantasy franchise this week if you employ his services. I mean, it, it could be another two for 24. Hell, it could be Krispy Kremes across the board, and nobody wants that. So, again, if you have a decent backup plan in place, I would elevate that individual in my lineup and, you know, limit the risk with Julio Jones by riding him on the pine. I, I've updated my wide receiver rankings. I have him down at number 48 right now. Just yep. in, in good con. Yep. Watch him go off for nine catches for 300 yards because that's something Julio would do. Well, we're known for the kiss of death, Mayo. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's inevitable. It's going to be like, a you know, probably a record-setting day for him. But, you know, looking at this logically, looking at this cogently, uh, I don't see how on earth I could, you know, thrust him into my lineup and feel really all warm and fuzzy about it. So here's my conundrum. I can either play Julio Jones or I can play Anthony Miller or Chris Hogan. I might play Chris Hogan. I kind of like Anthony Miller, man. Uh, I really do. You know, you look at this secondary with A.J. Terrell, you know, on the COVID list of the Atlanta Falcons. And they were down another DB to a starting DB in that secondary uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I can't believe I'm saying this, is kind of a viable option in DFS. He's a viable streaming quarterback. And I think Anthony Miller is a player that could certainly benefit here in the end. I know I barely made a peep uh, last week, uh, but maybe the player that we saw week one who had that pivotal touchdown reception against Detroit uh, could resurrect here in week number three. So personally, I go Anthony Miller over Julio. So if Julio sits, do you have any interest in like Big Z or Christian Blake? Or is it just play Gage, play Hurst, play Ridley, be on your way? Yeah, that latter point. I'm just I'm not risking some of these unproven guys that are around him. Um, you know, that game does have some sneaky shootout appeal. Uh, I did go against my Bears earlier this week because uh, I thought this was going to be a humbling performance. You know, you're going up against that buzzsaw that is Matt Ryan, who's, you know, a threat to drop 450 yards any given week. So this secondary is certainly going to be tested. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's Gage, it's Ridley, it's Hurst, and that's it. And, no, Todd Gurley and his arthritic knee. He's not going to do jack squat unless he trips and falls in the end zone once. All right, so there's Julio. Kenny Galladay looks like he is going to play in the late set of games against the Cardinals. Now, he's not 100%. This has already come out, and he's probably going to draw Patrick Peterson in this matchup. What do you do with Galladay? Like I drafted, like I have teams with Julio and Galladay on. It's not looking great. I have oh. a lot. I have far more confidence in Galladay than I would in Julio if both went. But what if you get into a circumstance where you have Galladay into your lineup, then all of a sudden he's a late inactive? Or like, how pensive are you to play him? I have number twenty nine in the wider receiver rankings for the week. That's behind Marvin Jones. It sounds like it's going to be a double fist Sunday for you, uh, Mayo, to try to numb the pain of some of the guys that you're going to have to lean on. I have, uh, you know, far superior confidence in Kenny Galladay. I've got him ranked as a top 12 guy. I got him, I think, at wide receiver nine or wide receiver 10 in my latest uh, ranks updated FTN Fantasy. 
And, and the reason is, yeah, he's less than 100%, admittedly. I get that. But this game's got so much shootout appeal. You got a comfortable total into the 50s. And, I, you know, it's not like he's going to play the role of decoy. I think he's going to come out and play. I, I and, and play very well and play near, nearly close to a full complement of snaps. I talked to a beat writer of Detroit Lions, Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press, early this week. I said, you know, how is Galladay looking at practice? He goes, looks uninhibited to me. He's running around pretty smooth. He goes, I, I don't think there's going to be much of a snap count pitch count for him at all uh, should be all systems go. So even in, you know, it's 75, 80% Galladay in this premium matchup, though he's going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson, at least we think he will see a lot of Patrick Peterson. He could stand a benefit because uh, I think this game's going to be in the 30s comfortably for both teams. Yeah, the over-under right now is 55 and a half. It's one of like the skyrocketing ones of the week. And it turns out that the Lions never win or really cover uh, if the total is over 50. They're not great at shootouts. It's when their defense actually shows up from time to time. They can actually win games. That's going to be uh, tough. Not going to happen this week. Well, not going to happen this week. Both these teams are top 10 in pace as well so far this season. So they're yeah. running just an immense yeah. amount of plays, which is great for fantasy. Probably not great for Lions fans. Devontae Adams is shaping up to be a game-time decision in the Sunday night game. He's getting the superstar treatment of, hey, you didn't practice all week, but... At the last second, if you can go, we're going to put you out there. This is a tougher one because there are so few options to go to if Adams is out or you just have no good feeling about I guess if you have no good feeling about him, if he's going to be limited in this game, that you would just play someone from the 1 o'clock slate and just not worry about it. But if not, then you're into maybe you picked up Traquan, maybe you have MVS or Lazard or someone in the Monday night game. We still don't even know if Sammy Watkins is going to play in that. Uh, we'll have to see what happens at practice like tomorrow morning, whether he's active or not. But what do you do with Adams? Like, it just whenever Adams is limited or out, Aaron Jones absolutely goes bananas, especially in the passing game. I feel like you just yeah. kind of have to stay away from Adams here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to install the plan B. Uh, I, I think you, you know, you brought up the only strategy that you can employ that's MVS, it's Alan Lazard, or it's somebody from the Monday night game. I mean, I guess if you're really desperate, you like pick up a Willie Sneed, for example, Ugh. so you just have a warm body and you can plug and play and not get the zero, but. Look, if you have any viable alternatives that are, you know, taking part here in this early slate, they have to be in above Devontae Adams. Because what I fear is the same thing that I fear with Julio Jones. We talk about him at the top of this broadcast. He could go out there even if, you know, he guts it out. You know, he, he is active. They wrap up that hamstring and he plays the role of decoy and does something for you. Or, you know, he sprints down the sideline and that sucker pops. And he's done for the rest of the game. Those are the fears that I have. I'm not dealing with any cat with soft tissue issues, especially knowing that they're a coin flip and whether or not they're going to play. So, yeah, definitely seek your alternatives and elevate them into your starting lineup today. Uh, it's probably tough. You don't have too many wide receivers because they're all hurt at the moment. So the move would be with any of these guys, especially Adams and whoever the later player you have that you're worried about, move them into your flex. At least that gives you more options, whether it be a backup tight end uh, or just a tight end in general, a running back or receiver that you could potentially replace them with if you're holding out hope that Adams is going to play. I just, I would just take someone from the earlier set of games and just go with him. If Adams yep. burns me, it's one of those situations where it sucks in the moment that he goes off and he's on your bench. But at the same time, it's like, oh, at least he's healthy. That's good news. And that will help your team going forward. So there is a silver lining that you can take out of it. Uh, these guys, running backs, we have like the running back carousel of the week. So I'm just going to throw out all these names who have benefited from 
injury concerns, uh, other running backs being out, they've been, propelled, they've been propelled into a larger role, and we're going to try to figure out who's the best here. So we have Mike Davis, Devin Singletary, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, Devonta Freeman, uh, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson with Cam Akers being out. Brown was lifted from the injury report with his finger problem. Apparently he's going to be okay. Out of those guys, I think it's very clear cut that Mike Davis is the best player of them. No, and I agree with you. I think Daryl Henderson is probably the closest of the remaining group there. Um, you know, he really impressed me last week. A guy getting appreciable yards after contact uh, per attempt. Uh, right now, top 12 of the NFL in that category. And he's a bit of a lightning bolt. Uh, you know, guy behind this offensive line, which is one of the biggest takeaways, I think, in the early season that a lot of people aren't talking about, is the fact that the L.A. Rams – you know, they were disheveled. They were in shambles along that line last season. Gurley still managed to get 14 touchdowns in total a season ago. But, you know, he benefited from a lot of those close proximity carries. But this offensive line right now has opened up some mammoth holes for whether it's Malcolm Brown, uh, briefly with Cam Akers, or now most recently with Daryl Henderson. And, you know, you look at the matchup against the Buffalo Bills, I think one of the areas where you can really attack them is on the ground. So I, I think the Rams actually have that box checked in the advantage category on the ground. And if you get a heavy dose of Daryl Henderson, uh, they almost could be 1A Mike Davis and Henderson as the 1B. So I both these guys rank comfortably as RB2s in a 12-team setting. So I have Henderson a bit down on the list. I believe I have him at running back number 24. So a very low end running back number two. Someone you should start. I have him over Malcolm Brown right now. My biggest issue is that if Brown ends up with the goal line touches, then you're kind of screwed. Uh, with I prefer Singletary over Henderson in that same matchup. I know that the Rams right now in adjusted line yards through two weeks, number six, if you go to ftndaily.com and it's a free tool that's up there right now, you can check out offensive line, defensive line, pressure rates, adjusted line yards. It's all in a very easy sortable table. So highly recommend you go do that. But they have been able to establish the run a little bit and run effectively. I, I guess my biggest problem here is the lack of touchdown potential upside. And I could be way off on that base. And then with Singletary, you always have to factor in that Josh Allen just might steal his touchdowns. But with TJ Yeldon being the primary backup or Taiwan Jones, I think I would feel more comfortable penciling in Devin Singletary for at least more work than Daryl yes. Henderson. I, I would just say that's probably like an 80-20 kind of opportunity where Singletary touches the ball like 50 to 20 times where with Henderson it could be 15 to 20 but it's probably more likely 10 to 15 well the good news too is Singletary is he's script agnostic so if even if he gets out of control and I think this is going to be a giant piece of humble pie for the Buffalo Bills this week I mean nope. they played some brilliant fr- no nope. oh really nope everyone's off I'm the taking Bills the Rams this. everyone's off I'm the Bills the Rams. this week I'm taking them baby and and I understand you know it's a cross-continental trip uh for the LA Rams and you hate wagering on teams that have to make that kind of plane ride uh, but, you know, I think this Rams team, as well as they have played up front, I think that's going to be the biggest difference here. And, you know, Jared Goss played respectably well, you know, spreading the love around, getting Cooper Cup involved, obviously Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby uh, coming off a TD hat trick. He can maybe find the end zone yet again today. So I, I just, you know, I think that Josh Allen, as incredible, as awesome as he has played the first two weeks, got to remember, it was Miami and the Jets. And this is why I am, oh, Oh, Mayo, it's time. Oh, no, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. 
We're not there oh, yet. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm giving you a preview. Josh Allen under 255.5 pass yards. There you go. Well, we, you and I do. Uh, we, you give me the props, and we kind of go back and forth on them up on, up on FTNBets.com. I actually like the under on that one as well, but it's not something I would bet. Uh, I am just – Josh Allen's just too weird. <laughs> Uh, that he could go way <laughs> over this. Like, that could be one play, because I do like Diggs this week, and everyone is off Diggs. Like, and he's reverse Andercurse, which is really nice. As Cus said, he would have zero catches today, which means he's going to have, like, 18,000 catches. But yeah. Yeah. if Josh Allen can just shake Aaron Donald, which is a big ask, if they can just double him and give him some time, the way that Josh Allen can extend plays and where he does have that cannon arm, um, you know, you t- talk about Ramsey all you want and just how locked down that the corners have been for the Rams once you start extending plays, and we saw this against Seattle last year, is that you can only cover guys for so long. Eventually, the plays break down. It's the old Russell Wilson effect. It's like, why is Doug Baldwin such a good deep threat? He's not overly fast. It's like, well, Russell Wilson just extended the play by eight seconds, and all of a sudden, someone lost track of Doug Baldwin, he's standing 50 yards down the field, and no one's around him. I can see something like that happening with the Bills here. Although, there's expected high wins in that game. Uh, I'm not too, too concerned about it, but at the same time, that should be something that's on your radar. That's not going to happen in you know in an indoor game uh, at Orchard Park. It, we've seen high winds affect the game before. Yeah, look, uh, the high winds, uh, you know, me with the meteorology degree, where it really is impactful is sustained above 30 miles per hour. If you have no idea what sustained means, that means constant, steady winds, not gusts. We're we're talking steady breezes throughout the entire game. Uh, blustery conditions is a, we would call the meteorology business above 30 miles an hour. And sometimes you get some of those higher gusts, but you know, anything in that 20 to 30 range, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Again, uh, last I checked a football is an aerodynamic object. And if you throw it with some spin, it can cut through the wind. That's called physics. <laughs> I would have a worse time starting golf than I would Allen in windy conditions where you need to really cut the ball through the air. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, but maybe it's more of the dump-off game. You know, maybe you have to adjust the playbook a little bit if those wins do become a factor. And you get maybe Tyler Higby a little bit more involved in some of those quick hitters uh, between the hash marks. And maybe get Daryl Henderson involved in the pass game. Um, and he's a guy that certainly can provide some electricity in that area of the field. So, uh, look, bottom line here is this. I don't trust Josh Allen to go out there and come anywhere close to repeating the performances the first couple of weeks. Uh, I think this is going to be a downtrodden moment for him because I do believe this secondary of the L.A. Rams is that good. They've only given up a 6.1 YPA, and it's more than Jalen Ramsey. Troy Hill is just one of the more underappreciated, rock-solid DBs in this league. He was last year playing second fiddle, and he is once again this year. He doesn't get all the press, uh, but he is somebody that certainly applies the press in terms of coverage on his assignments. I think you're going to see that front and center today. Uh, one big thing from that game, if the wins do pick up, like I said, I'm not too concerned about the offensive pieces. Both these teams have rookie kickers. So if you're looking to bet unders in this game on long field goal props, I think the long field goal for both of them is like 46 and a half. That could probably be an under, or that could push the both coaching staffs to say, fuck it, let's go for it on fourth down, which is great <laughs> yeah. for fantasy purposes. Just, just trying to extend yeah. drives, maybe more fantasy fantasy point that way uh, just because those the probability for touchdowns just increases uh, in that circumstance but I just wouldn't pay too much of a factor into it just think about it have it in the back of your mind and have that be a tiebreaker or something like that uh, the last two running back situations I wanted to talk about Jarek Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty. 
Jarek McKinnon appears to be the guy who's going to get the majority of the work. Uh, at least that's what reports say. I still think that Jeff Wilson's going to be a major thorn in his side. Uh, when we get to the props, you know, I like Jeff Wilson this week. I don't think it's like, oh, you need to start Jeff Wilson in fantasy. It's just more of a, it's more of a betting type of situation or a DraftKings type of situation because of the value. Like objectively, I like Jarek more than I like Jeff Wilson. But at the same time, if we're talking about DraftKings, you know, one is $800 more. One's going to be immensely popular. If you look at the betting market, one is like a minus to score a touchdown. The other one's plus 250. So at the same time, between them, I do think that Jeff Wilson takes away from the bottom line of Jarek McKinnon. Jamichael Hasty may get some work in this because it looks like he may be yep. active. Yeah, look, this is kind of a situation to avoid for the most part. But, you know, you saw the report coming out of San Francisco from one of the local beat writers there uh, earlier this week that Jeff Wilson may indeed lead this team in carries this week. And I, I honestly believe that. I think McKinnon, you know, McKinnon's going to get his usual probably 12, 13, maybe upwards of 14 total touches, but much of his work's going to come in the pass game. You know, last week his bottom line was buoyed by the 50-plus yard run that he had against those puddle jumpers of New York and the Jets. Now, you get another puddle jumper defense uh, this week as the Giants have given up four and a half yards per carry the running back position, but Wilson is a guy that they implicitly trust between the tackles, and I think you're going to see a heavy dose of him. And, you know, I know – we got your props coming up, uh, one that you're going to mention. I won't uh, reveal it, but I'm kind of digging it, Mayo. I really am. And you're right, Jamichael Hasty, kid out of Baylor, uh, you know, made some waves in training camp. They really like his skill set, breaks a ton of tackles. You know, he could get maybe five, eight carries in this game, and they could be impressive. So somebody certainly to watch if you're in a deeper league and you're hawking the waiver wire. I'm not recommending you pick him up and plug him in by any stretch of the imagination. But just, again, somebody to keep under the microscope in case he does have a blow-up performance. Yeah, so for me, it'd be McKinnon, then Wilson, both viable flexes if you're hurting. Yep. Uh, wouldn't use Hasty. Then you have Lewis, Gallman, and Freeman. The reports out of New York, or New Jersey, uh, as they actually are, Gallman might get the start here. Lewis expected to get the most work, and then Freeman will be mixed in because he just learned the playbook. I have no idea what's going on in this backfield. Just straight fade across the board for me. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I, if you were handicapping this, I would say that Deion Lewis is going to be the locker room leader in touches. How many is that? Probably like Jerick McKinnon, 12 to 14. You know, Freeman is going to be the guy long term. I mean, they gave him an incentive laden uh, deal one year up to three million bucks he could earn. You know, Drew Rosenhaus and him, his agent, they were holding out for an opportunity to him to get a lion's share of the touches. New York's the best opportunity. I know a beat writer earlier this week said, well, Deion Lewis is a guy to beat. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, there's nothing particularly impressive about Deion Lewis at this stage in his career. And who's and Wayne Gallman is just nobody. I mean, he, he had he had one decent year as a receiver, like uh, the pre-Saquon year, like four years ago. Hey, uh, when, I, when, when I picked him up last year and played him that first week without oh, Saquon yeah. last year, yeah, boom. Yeah, he did go nuts. And that, 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 yeah. that, that was it. That was not great. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that that's more it. of a, a fleeting moment. That's more of a straight avoid for me. So you mentioned Hasty as a potential yeah. pickup. I have two other potential pickups that maybe you should make before the game start if you're thinking about season long. Uh, one is uh, LaMichael Perrine in New York for the Jets. I think that he's going to get some extended run here. I'm not saying play this guy, but just he might end up being like a hot waiver ad for as long as Le'Veon Bell is out because the Jets have just nothing going on in that backfield that maybe he can do something. You might as well make the ad now. If he sucks, just fucking drop him tomorrow. The other one would be yep. Devontae Booker. Uh, only because Darren Waller is, appears like he's going to play. Josh Jacobs is going to play, but he is 
been banged up for like two weeks now. And if they continue to give him as much run as they're giving him, he could get even more banged up. And I do have a feeling that if Jacobs were to miss time, Jalen Crockett Richard is not going to be the primary running back. He's going to continue to have his role as a change of pace, two minute drill guy. And Booker would be the one who would take over the Josh Jacobs quote unquote role in that offense that it just could be a free pickup. This is only if you have bench space. And again, you can just drop him. (laughs) <laughs> the next day, because I always like to kind of factor in um, if so on some sites, uh, your your old uh, employer, Brad, uh, Yahoo, has yep. if the game hasn't started yet, you can still make ad drops from those games. So I kind of like to roll over handcuffs. If, you know, you pick up Booker for the early slate of games, Jacobs doesn't get hurt. You can drop Booker. And then in the Sunday night game, you can go pick, I guess, Latavius Murray is probably home. You can go pick up Jamal Williams for that game, for that spot. If Aaron Jones, nothing happens to him, you can drop Williams for the Monday night game. You can go pick up Daryl Williams or Gus Edwards just to get ahead of the curve on the waiver wire. It, that, well, that rarely happens. It might happen once a year or something like that. It saves you all your fab bucks. It saves you top waiver priority. It's just a trick that doesn't cost you anything to do that I think you should be doing it no I think that's entirely fair and I'm not even gonna throw out a wide receiver for you to think about it what about Andy Isabella I mean with Christian Kirk out today you I, know, that, again, I, I have talk- I have to tell you Brad uh if people are checking out my Twitter feed at the PME my good friend the king the biggest mush on earth Tim Andercast has said that he is going to go off today and has even made a wager oh. 15 to one that he will not get hurt in this game. He did the exact same thing <laughs> to poor, poor, who was it last week? My uh, Paris Campbell was his guy last week. Oh yeah. He got, they brought the card out after one catch. Yeah. So watch out for Andy right. Isabella is all I'm saying. Well, yeah, he's royally screwed now. I mean, that's uh, I'm pivoting. I got a full fade on Eddie Isabella. But it, it, look, in, in, in all honesty and truthfulness, uh, he is somebody worth, you know, kicking the tires on if you're desperate for a wide receiver or flex play in, say, a 14-team or deeper league. I mean, he's going to see an increase in target share. You know, Dan Arnold's another guy that's going to see an uptick there, the tight end of the Arizona Cardinals with Christian Kirk sidelined. And, you know, I just I, – you want as much action as you can get on, on a couple of games today. It's Detroit and Arizona. And it's Seattle and Dallas. And, and the last I checked, and Mayo, I think you've got the uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook open right in front of it. Is it still 57? I think it's 57 or 58 now. It's up to in that Seattle-Dallas game. That total has steadily just climbed all week long. And I think it's going to live up to the enormous building. I think this game's going to be in the 30s for both teams. I think it's going to be berserk. It's going to be bananas. It's going to be bonkers for fantasy and betting purposes. And basically, I've wagered on the over at every player prop imaginable in that game. Uh, it's actually dropped. It's down to 56 and a half right now. Where the Lions over. Card- where the Lions over. Cardinals game is up to 56. Uh, the over I actually over. like the most this week is over 47. In the well, actually, it's forty six and a half uh, over forty six and a half in the Bengals and Philly game. I bet it at forty seven, but you can get it at DK Sportsbook at forty six and a half. I just there's no defense that's going to be played in that game, so you might as well just get yeah, over. I agree. Well, let, let's let's bring up a player in that game that I wrote about this week on FTN Fantasy. I'm going to get your opinion on what about AJ Green? You know, AJ Green is seeing enormous air yards over forty percent of the team's air yards so far, but him and Burrow but not been on the same page. You love the volume that's there, though. He's got that wretched 36% catch percentage. Is this the week he gets right, even against Darius Slay? Potentially. 
So you, you talked about the unrealized air yards. Yes, A.J. Green is number one. I actually like the guy on the other side of the ball who is second in an air yard so far through two weeks. It's Deshaun Jackson. The Bengals mm. give up mm. the most big plays of any team. Uh, they've already done it so far this year. And dating back to last year, they have given up 92 big plays. When I say big plays, that's runs over 15 yards or receptions over 25 yards. 92 over their past 18 games. No other team in the league league has had more than 78 so if you're looking for big plays it's against the Bengals. so i I just think that there's gonna be touchdowns galore in this game like if you're stacking on DraftKings, everyone's going to the two games you talked about which is a a very sensible move i I get that but if you did want to have the sneaky stack of the week it's burrow with the cincy guys bringing it back with deshaun jackson or even if you want to get off the miles sanders chalk just a little bit you could take wentz Ertz, and or goddard and then deshaun jackson the same way too with rigor out that that's a situation where he's primarily going to get all of the deep balls where it was split between him and Rager for the first two weeks. So I like Deshaun Jackson a lot here. We get to the props in a second. You will see Deshaun Jackson's name pop up from my end. But I did just want to very quickly run through the injury report before we get to those props. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Malcolm Brown, and Darrington Evans all likely in for the games. Likely out. James, or James White is out. Raheem Mostart likely out. Mike Boone likely out. Justin Jackson, Cam Akers is out. Philip Lindsay is probably going to be out. Uh, he should be back for Thursday night against the Jets. Duke Johnson likely to be out. Zach Moss, Le'Veon Bell, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman all actually ruled out uh, to this point already. Steve Sims is going to be likely in at receiver. Game time decision is going to be Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, and Jerry Judy with his lag problem. Uh, That's one guy we didn't talk about. The men on DraftKings, people are pretty psyched about K.J. Hamler. And while I don't like Isabella, uh, mainly because that offense just runs through Hopkins and Drake now, plus all the work that Kyler Murray is doing on the ground, we really haven't seen any of the other receivers. They kind of just spread it out. They play the communist offense. Like, here, it's basically (laughs) like... You know, it's like the inner workings of the old KGB that you have Kyler Murray, you have DeAndre Hopkins, and you have uh, Kenyon Drake. They're sort of like the Stalin and his cronies of the KGB, and everyone else is just kind of like the serfs that are out there. They might get their beat rations, who knows? Uh, But you shouldn't count on that actually happening, uh, even with Christian Kirk out for this game. So someone like KJ Hamler is a savings on drafting. He has big play upside, already out Cortland Sutton, and now we're looking at a situation where Jerry Judy is a game-time decision. He's likely to play against Tampa, but he may not. I I don't love Hamler, but I think that's a cheaper option. I actually kind of like... Havy from FTN Daily was all about Chris Hogan this week, and that guy wins a ton of money, so I might just tail him on that. <laughs> yeah, he does, man. That guy's been raking in esports. He's raked in golf. He's raked in fo- he does ev- He rakes everywhere. I-, I wish I had his brain. Unfortunately, I'm just a giant nincompoop, but uh, I'd love the K.J. Hamler call. You know, he's a guy that played uh, over 60% of the snaps last week with Jerry Judy, a game-time decision. You know, he's a player that's going to be leaned on heavily by Jeff Driscoll, and, you know, it- People think that Jeff Driscoll is just a, you know, a, a toss away player. But remember three starts last season during that stretch of the Detroit Lions. He was a top 12 fantasy quarterback because of that scoring duality. And he led all week two quarterbacks and average depth of target. So he is going to uncork uh, no matter if he's got Jerry Judy on the field or not. Of course, he's not going to have Sutton, as you mentioned. But K.J. Hamler, if he's uh, still sipping my ties in the free agent pool, uh, he's somebody you got to get on your roster now before he blows up. And by the way, the Broncos get the Jets 
Thursday night football. God, we have to watch that game next week. <laughs> yeah, so Steve Sims likely in game time decision. Julio Galladay and Jerry Judy. If you want the spin on Julio or Kenny Galladay, check out the very beginning of the show where we broke that all down and the different options that you can have. Likely out, Devontae Adams still could play, but probably not. And Sammy Watkins on Monday night out at receiver. Michael Thomas, Henry Ruggs, Chris Kirk, A.J. Brown, Justin Watson, Jamison Crowder, Bashad Perriman, Elshon Jeffrey, Cortland Sutton, Paris Gamble. Jalen Rager and Sterling Shepard is out as well. Uh, at quarterback, Jimmy G, Drew Locke, and Tyrod Taylor are all not playing this week. So we have Nick Mullins, we have Driscoli, and we have Justin E. Bear all starting for the respective teams. It looks like Jack Doyle will play for the Colts. Killing my main man, Mo Ali oh. If for whatever reason... That Jack Doyle is a last-second inactive. Fire up some Mo Alley Cox across the board. Season-long, DraftKings, player props, doesn't matter where it is. Out for Sunday at tight end. Kittle, Dawson Knox, uh, CJ Secret of the Uzuma, the last time you'll hear that name on this show this year. He's out for the year with an Achilles tear. <laughs> and Max Williams was put on injured reserve, uh, and hence your Tarzan Dan Arnold call for that's right Dan Arnold is interesting you know I had to pick him up and plug him in because I just have so many damn injuries Uh, it's it's brutal out there right now in fantasy land mail Uh, we will be getting to the questions right after the prop bets which we're going to speak about right now remember to smash the like out there and if you've loaded your question in already not going to answer it when I call for the questions that's when I'm going to start answering (laughs) it shockingly enough it keeps everything in order Brad the fantasy five props for week three you give yours I'll give mine and we'll see who wins yeah, I already gave you a sneak preview. So Josh Allen's on that list on the under 255.5. Mandatory Montgomery, you jack wagons. Oh, my God. Uh, but we're not doing the rush yards. We're doing receiving. It's only 14 and a half. I don't like it. Uh, why? Here's the, like, here, you gotta get, here's my pushback. You reasons. Here's the pushback yeah. on it. It depends on how you think this game is going to go. If you think this is going to be a tight game, which I don't, I think that, I mean, it might end up being a tight game. I think Atlanta jumps out early like they do every single week. If they jump out early and they get up by 10 or they get up by 14, you know, after the first or you know midway through the second quarter and it's catch-up time for the Bears, Montgomery's just not going to be on the field. And his receiving is tied to just being on it's not like he's running routes it's when plays break down he gets dump offs because he is physically on the field if they have ice cream cohen in the game or cordero patterson in the game to be more of a receiving back because they need to play catch up i just don't see him getting there all right i disagree i think he's going to play a little bit more than you think even if this game does get out of control so this could happen on one early catch anyway it's only 14 and a half uh, C.D. Lamb, I'm smashing the over on 60 and a half, receiving yards at minus 112, uh, using the FTN daily matchup tool uh, that we cranked out this week. The DVP, advanced DVP tool specifically is what it's called. He's got the best matchup as a slot guy against the Seattle secondary. It's given up the most yards and receptions to slot receivers this season. Uh, again, there's Allen on the under 255.5. DeAndre Swift. On the over 21 and a half receiving yards, five for 60 last week. His role is steadily growing in this Detroit offense in a game with a lot of pew, 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 shootout affair and appeal. I think he's going to get over this. I think the uh, computers, the algos have not caught up. And last and certainly not least, and may I really want to get your opinion on this because I was blown away by this line when it opened. Leonard Fournette, 54 and a half rush yards. That's it. Against Denver, and and I understand that, you know, maybe Rojo gets the start in this one, but I think it's just, you know, 
uh, a facade, more or less. I think Fournette is still going to be the main man, and Denver has given up back-to-back 100-yard rushers, one to Derrick Henry week one, James Conner last week. So I think Fournette, especially with a likely positive game script, is going to be the guy that's going to come in and hammer in the second half and get over that line. So uh, what's your take on that Fournette over or under 54.5 rush yards? Uh, I'm scared of it because I, I don't love Leonard Fournette. Um if it wasn't for here's the two things like Denver's run defense has been kind of inflated. Uh, one was just one really long James Conner run last week. Other than the big like 69 yard run that he had, he averaged three yards per carry. Derrick Henry did granted get over a hundred yards on like 35 carries yeah. against them. Yeah. I just worry about, I worry about the volume because I know Fournette broke out the big one last week against Carolina. This is not Carolina. He's playing anymore. So <laughs> at the same time, if he's not going to break one of those big ones, I would expect him to be around the three yards per carry. And if we just kind Kind of let's call it let's call it four yards per carry just to be generous to him that means he needs to get upwards of 15 carries to get this over i don't know if he gets there i think he will i've got him at like 15 16 carries overall uh adding in a couple of a reception so again it, it's script uh dependent uh it really is uh you know tampa bay is favored i think by six or six and a half uh right now we'll see what version of this denver team shows up but again this team I mean, they barely have enough bodies uh, to field a team at this point, offensively and defensively. The injury amps just you know, wreaked havoc here in the Mile High City that I think this is going to be a you know very heavy scoring game for Tampa and will ultimately lead to a salt away the clock situation for Leonard Fournette that he could take advantage of and, again, hit that over. Maybe in the fourth quarter, he might be sweating this out, but I'm digging it. 54 and a half, I'm locked in. All right, so my week three props, I'm going to the uh, the old other side of that game. And I, I instead of playing the rushing yards, I play total yards just because I'm, I'm greedy like that. So I'm playing the under on Melvin Gordon, 80 and a half mm. total yards yeah. uh, at minus 120. Uh, Tampa Bay's run defense is excellent. Uh, what you really have to avoid in this game is Driscoll checking down to Melvin Gordon the entire time. And yes, there's no Philip Lindsay here, but Driscoll doesn't have a long track record of checking down to running backs. He actually takes shots down the field or he runs the ball himself. So I feel like I'm getting extra yardage on top of that. So under 80 and a half total yards for Melvin Gordon, under 71 and a half total yards for David Montgomery. I just kind of spelled out my case for Montgomery that unless you think the Bears are overly competitive in this game, which I mean, it's a three point spread that could be definitely be the case. I just don't see it. I don't think he's going to be used in the receiving game like the receiving prop you've brought up uh he's only hit the over in that in three of 18 career games so it's going to be tough for him he's still more of a plotter although he has looked a little bit better this year 71 and a half total yards uh is a lot to cover for him especially if they get down in this game against atlanta now i'm going to go to my favorites the overs deshaun jackson over 57.5 receiving yards against this big play defense which they just give up a ton of big plays second and air yards no regular on the other side to soak up those that could be two catches for deshaun jackson stefan Digs against Jalen Ramsey. No one wants it, but over 63 and a half receiving yards. He is the guy in this offense that they exclusively throw to. So he's going to yeah. get his 10 plus targets and his you know average depth of target is good enough that even if he catches half of those, he's going to get to this over. And then Terry McLaurin over 62 and a half. He just put up this number against Patrick Peterson last week. We're sweating the Browns with both their corners out. No, thank you. Over 62 and a half receiving yards. Those are my five. Parlay those together. You get 20 to one. <laughs> 
if you play on a site where you can parlay props together. Again, go to ftnbets.com. I put the link in the live chat right now. The free tool that's up there, the prop shop. If you like any player this week, type in their name into the search bar, click on their name and you can find the best lines on all of those props and where to bet them in your state specifically so it's a highly useful tool to save you a ton of times and get you the best numbers that you deserve the other three that i've made i played jeff wilson anytime touchdown plus 225 jeff wilson first touchdown 12 to 1 those are just more for fun and then the over which i talked about i played it over 47 uh in the philly in cincinnati game uh, at DraftKings sportsbook right now as i'm looking at it over 46 and a half you can bet which is a better number i wish i had waited or had access to DraftKings sportsbook where i am but i don't <laughs> so i have to take the 47 but i do like that number to go into the 50s uh, that's a game that I like a lot to target. In terms of spreads, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I do like the footballs plus seven uh, against the Browns. I like the Patriots minus six against the Raiders, but I'll probably just end up staying away. I like the Niners minus now minus three at the Giants. Everyone's just on the Giants pass. Give me the better team. Nick Mullins might be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, Brad. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, it's debatable. We'll see. I mean, Nick Mullins, of course, had the historic game. Uh, what was it uh, last year, the year before last, in his rookie performance against the uh, then Oakland Raiders? I actually like the Giants to win that game straight up, to be honest with you. I, look, that, that's a game that you have to have some sort of action on, whether it's fantasy, uh, season long DFS, or straight up sports betting to even want to watch it. Uh, you know, that it got turf issues there at MetLife. Uh, that's part of the reason why George Kittle didn't want to rush back because uh, he was concerned about re-injury. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, San Francisco, much like the Denver Broncos, those two teams cursed so far. And, you know, I, I think the game on Monday night is, you know, probably the marquee event of the entire weekend. And I, it's rare that Kansas City's an underdog. And last I checked, they were uh, catching three and a half, and I would be all over the Chiefs knowing that hook is in play. They may end up losing that game, but I don't think it's going to be more than a field goal. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes 5-0-1 as an underdog in his career as a starter. So something to watch out for. Yeah. I, I actually like the Ravens to cover that game because I'm an idiot, but um, even with the three and a half. <laughs> but anyway, Brad, before we let you out of here and we get to the questions, uh, any final thoughts on week three? Uh, I mean, really, look, I think this this could be a bounce back week for a couple of people that have really struggled. One, T.Y. Hilton. I think you're going to see him get involved very early on against this puddle jumpers Jets secondary, uh, you know, before the John the Taylor show commences. But I think T.Y. Hilton finds the end zone, gets over 55 to 60 yards uh, today. And I love me some Michael Gallup, too. You know, a lot of people have been writing off Gallup. I've seen Gallup get cut in some shallow leagues. And I think people are just having some knee-jerk reactions to him. I mean, he had a couple of chunk gains wiped out by penalties uh, in back-to-back weeks. Uh, he's second in the NFL in total intended air yards per target. Uh, and that, you know, lends to better days ahead. And why not against the Seattle secondary giving up 8.6 pass yards per attempt? I think it's going to be a big game for Michael Gallup. So start him with confidence. All right, Brad Evans, follow him on Twitter at NoiviHuevas, although you probably already do. His live AMA is at noon Eastern time on FTNFantasy.com. You should all go check that out. We're going to jump to the question and answer period, so I'm going to wave goodbye. Actually, I don't need to wave to the audio listeners goodbye, but if you want to check out the audio podcast of the show, anything you've missed, everything that we've gone over so far, download the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Thank you, Brad, for being on the line. We'll see you next week. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!